Number thirty-one, Khalid al Baghdadi. He praises me and I praise him. He serves me and I serve him. By my existence I affirm him, and by my determination I deny him. It is he who knows me when I deny him. Then I discover him and contemplate him. Ibn Arabi, Fusus al Hikam. Khalid al Baghdadi was the scholar of scholars, the saint of saints, the knower of knowers, and the light and the full moon of this order in his time. He was the keeper of the secrets of realities and the reality of the secrets. His secrets moved into every human being, just as the soul moves into the body. If the prophet had not been the seal of prophecy, his words would have been revelation. He spread the knowledge of both Islamic law and Sufism. He was an authority both in the divine law and the way. He was the scholar of the perfect saints. He was the saint of the perfect scholars. He achieved all the spiritual and worldly knowledge. He was the center of the circle of the spiritual poles in his time. He was the means of merging the ends with the beginnings and the beginnings with the ends. He was the reviver of the thirteenth century of the Hijra. The universe was proud of his existence. He was born in the year eleven hundred ninety-three Hijra, seventeen seventy-nine current era, in the village of Karada, of the city of Sulaimania in Iraq. He was raised and trained in that city, where there were many schools and mosques. It was considered the primary educational city of his time. His grandfather was Pierre Michael Chisanchit, which means Michael, the saint of the six fingers. His title is Uthmani because he is a descendant of Uthman ibn Affan, the third caliph of the Prophet. He studied the Quran and the explanation of Imam Rifai according to the Shafi'i school. He was famous in poetry. When he was fifteen years of age, he took asceticism as his creed, hunger as his horse, wakefulness as his means, seclusion as his friend, and energy as his light. He was a traveler in God's world. He attained all the kinds of knowledge available in his time. He studied with the two great scholars of his time. Sheikh Abdul Karim Al Barzinji and Sheikh Abdul Rahim Al Barzinji. He read with Mullah Muhammad Sali. He returned to Sulaimania and there studied the sciences of mathematics, philosophy, and logic. Then he came to Baghdad, where he studied the Muhtasar Al Muntaha Fil Usul, an encyclopedia. Of the principles of jurisprudence. 
Then he studied the works of Ibn Hajar, Suyuti, and Haythami. He memorized the commentary of the Quran of Baydawi. He was able to find solutions for even the most difficult questions in jurisprudence. He memorized the Quran according to the fourteen different ways of recitation and became very famous everywhere for this. Prince Ishan Ibrahim Pasha, the governor of Baban, tried to persuade him to look after the schools in his kingdom. However, he refused and moved to the city of Sanandaj, where he studied the sciences of mathematics, engineering, astronomy and chemistry. His teacher in these disciplines was Muhammad al-Qasim al-Sanandaji. After completing the study of the secular sciences, he returned to the city of Suleimania. Following the plague of 1213 Hijra, 1798 current era, he took over the school of his sheikh, Abdul Karim Barzinji. He taught the modern sciences, verifying the most delicate equations of astronomy and chemistry. He then entered seclusion, leaving everything he had studied behind him, coming to God's door with all kinds of pious actions and much zikr, both loud and silent. He no longer visited the sultans, but kept to himself and his disciples until the year 1220 Hijra, 1806 current era, when he decided to make the pilgrimage and to visit the Prophet. He left everything and went to the Hijaz through the cities of Mosul, Yarbihir, Al-Raha, Aleppo and Damascus, where he met the scholars and followed its sheikh, the master of both ancient and modern knowledge and the teacher of traditions, Sheikh Muhammad al-Kuzbari. He received authorization in the Qadari order from Sheikh al-Kuzbari and his deputy Sheikh Mustafa al-Kurdi, who travelled with him until he reached the city of the Prophet. He praised the Prophet in Persian poetry in such a way that people were astonished at his eloquence. He spent a long time in the city of the Prophet. He reported, I was looking for someone of rare piety in order to take some advice when I saw a sheikh on the right-hand side of the Raudatu al-Sharifa. I asked him to give me advice counsel from a wise scholar to an ignorant person. He advised me not to object when I enter Mecca to matters which might appear to be counter to the divine law, but to keep quiet. I reached Mecca, and keeping in my heart that advice, I went to the holy mosque early on the morning of Friday. I sat near the Kaaba, reading Dalail al-Khairat, when I saw a man with a black beard leaning on a pillar looking at me. It came to my heart that the man was not showing the proper respect to the Kaaba, but I did not say anything to him about the matter. He looked at me and scolded me, saying, O ignorant one, 
Do you not know that the honor of the heart of a believer is far more than the privilege of the Kaaba? Why do you criticize me in your heart for standing with my back to the Kaaba and my face to you? Did you not hear the advice of my sheikh in Medina who told you not to criticize? I ran to him and asked his forgiveness, kissing his hands and feet, and asking him for his guidance to God. He told me, O、oh、my son, your treasures and the keys to your heart are not in these parts but in India. Your sheikh is there. Go there, and he will show you what you have to do. I did not see anyone better than him in all the sacred area. He did not tell me where to go in India, so I went back to Sham and associated with its scholars. He then returned to Soleimania and continued his teachings of self denial. He was always looking for someone to show him the way. Finally, there came to Soleimania the Sheikh Maulana Misra Rahim Allah Beg al Maruf. Known by the name of Muhammad a Darwish Abdulazim al Abadi, one of the caliphs of the spiritual pole Abdullah a Dalawi. He met with him and gave him respect and asked him about the perfect guide to show him the way. He told him, "There is one perfect Sheikh, a scholar and a knower, showing the seeker the way to the King of Kings." Expert in this delicate matter, following the Nakshabandi way, carrying the character of the Prophet, a guide in the knowledge of spirituality. Come back with me to his service in Jahanabad. He had told me before I left, you are going to meet someone. Bring him back with you. Sheikh Khalid moved to India in twelve hundred and twenty-four Hijra. 1809 current era, through the city of Rai, then Tehran, and then some provinces of Iran, where he met the great scholar Ismail Alkashi. He then travelled to Kharkhan, Simnan, and Nishapur. He visited the master of the mother of all Sufi orders in Bistam, Sheikh Bayazid Al Bistami. And he praised him in his grave with a very eloquent poem in Persian. Then he moved on to Tus, where he visited Sayyid Al Jalil Al Manus Imam Ali Rida. He praised him with another Persian poem that caused all the poets of Tus to accept him. Then he entered the city of Jam, and he visited Sheikh Ahmad Al Namiki Al Jami. And praised him with another Persian poem. He then passed through the city of Herat in Afghanistan, then Kandahar, Kabul, and Peshawar. In all these cities, the great scholars with whom he met would test his knowledge in the sciences of the divine law and Sufism, and those of logic, mathematics, and astronomy. They found him like a wide river. Flowing with knowledge, or like an ocean without a shore. He moved on from there to Lahore, where he met with Sheikh Thanaullah Al Nakshabandi, and asked for his prayers and his supplications. He recalled, 
That night I slept in Lahore. I had a dream in which Sheikh Thanaullah Anakshabandi pulled me with his teeth. When I awoke, I wanted to tell him the dream, but he said, Do not tell me the dream, we know it already. That is a sign to move on to my brother and Sheikh Abdullah al-Dalhawi. The opening of your heart will be by his hands. You will take initiation in the Nakshabandi order. Then I began to feel the Sheikh's spiritual attraction. I left Lahore, crossing mountains and valleys, forests and deserts, until I reached the Sultanate of Delhi, known as Jahanabad. It took me one year to reach his city. Forty days before I arrived, he told his followers, My successor is coming. The night he entered the city of Jahanabad, he wrote a poem in Arabic, recounting his year of travel and praising his sheikh. Then he praised him with a Persian poem, which surprised everyone with its eloquence. He gave everything that he was carrying with him, and all that was in his pocket to the poor. Then he was initiated by his sheikh, Abdullah al-Dalawi. He served in the mosque school of the sheikh and made rapid progress in the struggle against his self. Five months had not passed when he became one of the people of the divine presence and the divine vision. He took permission from Sheikh Abdullah to return to Iraq. The sheikh gave him written authority in five Sufi orders. The first was the Nakshabandi order, or the golden chain. The second was the Qadari order, through Ahmad al-Faruqi's sheikh, Sheikh Sakandar, and thence to Abdul Jalani, Al-Junayd, Asari Asakati, Musa al-Kazim, Jafar al-Sadiq, Imam al-Bakir, Zain al-Abidin, Hussein, Hassan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, and Prophet Muhammad. The third Sufi order, Asuhrawardi, traced its chain of transmission similarly to the Qadari until Al-Junayd, who went back to Hassan al-Basri, and then to Ali, and then the Prophet. He also gave him authority in the Qubravi order, which had the same lineage as the Qadari, but through Sheikh Najmuddin al-Kubra. Finally, he was granted authority in the Chishti order, through a line that went back through Abdullah al-Dahlawi and Jani Janan, to Ahmad al-Faruqi, and then through many sheikhs to Sheikh Maurud Chishti, Nasir Chishti, Muhammad Chishti, and Ahmad Chishti, to Ibrahim ibn Adham, Fudail ibn al-Iyad, Hassan al-Basri, Ali, and the Prophet. The Sheikh gave him authorization to teach all the sciences of the traditions, commentary on the Quran, Sufism, and the daily practices. He memorized the books of the twelve Imams, the source books for the knowledge of the descendants of Ali.
He moved to Baghdad in the year 1228 Hijra, 1813 current era, for the second time. He stayed in the school of Asaya Isfahania. He filled it up with the knowledge of God and his remembrance. Then some of the jealous people wrote against him to the Sultan, Said Pasha, governor of Baghdad, criticizing him. They accused him of unbelief and other things that cannot be repeated. When the governor read the letter, he said, If Sheikh Khalid al-Baghdadi is not a believer, then who is a believer? He had his envious enemies thrown out of his presence and jailed. The Sheikh left Baghdad for some time and then returned again for a third time. He returned to the same school which had been renovated to welcome him. He began anew to spread all kinds of spiritual and heavenly knowledge. He unveiled the secrets of the Divine Presence, illuminating the hearts of the people with the lights that God gave to his heart, until the governor, the scholars, the teachers, the workers, and good people from every walk of life counted themselves among his followers. Baghdad was so famous in his time for its knowledge that it was called the place of the two knowledges and the place of the two sons. Similarly, he became known as he of the two wings, an allusion to his complete mastery of the external and internal knowledge. He sent his caliphs everywhere, from the Hejaz to Iran, from Sham, Syria, to Turkey, from Iran to India and Transoxania, to spread the way of his forerunners in the Naqshbandi order. People would invite him to their homes wherever he went. Whatever home he entered, that home would become prosperous. One day he visited the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem with many of his followers. He reached the Dome of the Rock and his caliph, Abdullah al-Fardi came out to meet him with a large crowd of people. Some of the Christians asked him to enter the church of Kumama to bless it with his presence. Then he continued on his way to Al-Khalil, Hebron, the city of Abraham, the father of all prophets. He was welcomed by all people. He entered the mosque of Abraham the friend of God, and he took the blessings of its walls. He went again to the Hijaz to visit the house of God, the Holy Kaaba, in the year 1241 Hijra, 1826 current era. A large crowd of his caliphs and disciples accompanied him. The city of the Holy Mosque with all its scholars and saints came out to meet him and took initiation from him. They gave him the keys of the two holy cities. They considered him to be the spiritual sheikh of the two holy cities. He circled around the house, but in reality the Kaaba was circling him. After his pilgrimage and visit to the Holy Prophet, he went back to Blessed Syria. 
He was so well respected by the Ottoman Sultan Mahmud Khan that when he entered Damascus, Sham, a huge celebration was held. 250,000 people welcomed him at the gate of the city. All the scholars, ministers and sheikhs, the poor and the rich, came to receive his blessing and to ask for his prayers. It was a day of celebration. The poets sang its praises. The rich fed the poor. Everyone was equal before him when he entered the city. He revived the spiritual knowledge as well as the external knowledge. He spread that light for which people, both Arabs and non-Arabs, came and accepted the Naqshbandi order at his hand. In the last ten days of Ramadan of the year 1242 Hijra, 1827 current era, he decided to visit Jerusalem, Quds, from Damascus. His followers were very happy and he said, Praise belongs to God. We will do it after Ramadan at the beginning of Shawwal, if God gives us life. That was an indication that he might be leaving this world. In the first days of Shawwal, the plague began to spread quickly in the city of Damascus. One of his followers asked him to pray for him to be saved from the plague and added, And for you also, my sheikh. He said, I feel shy before my Lord, because my intention in coming to Damascus was to die in this holy land. The first one to die from the plague was his son, Bahaudin, on the night of Friday, and he said, Praise belongs to God, this is our way, and he buried him on the Mount of Kassiun. He was five years and some days old. That child was fluent in three languages, Persian, Arabic and Kurdish, and he used to read the Quran. Then, on the ninth of Dulkhida, another son, Abdul Rahman, passed away. He was older than his brother by one year. Maulana Khalid ordered his disciples to reopen the grave and to bury his second son. He said, from my followers, many are going to die. He ordered them to dig many graves for the many followers, including his wife and his daughter. He ordered them to water the area. Then he said, I am giving the authority to succeed me in the Naqshbandi order to Sheikh Ismail Ashirwani. He said this the year of his death. 1242 Hijra, 1827, current era. One day he said, I had a great vision yesterday. I saw Uthman Dunnarain as if he were dead and I was praying for him. He opened his eyes and said, This one is from my children. He took me by the hand and brought me to the Prophet and told me to bring all the Naqshbandi followers of my time and after my time up to the time of the Mahdi, and he blessed them. Then I came out of that vision, 
and I perform the evening prayer with my followers and my children. Whatever I have of secrets, I have given to my deputy, Ismail Asherwani. Whoever does not accept him is not from me. Do not argue, but be of one mind. Follow the opinion of Sheikh Ismail. I guarantee that any one of you who accepts and follows him will be with me and with the Prophet. He ordered them not to cry on his behalf. He asked them to slaughter animals and feed the poor for the love of God and for the honor of the Sheikh. He asked them to send him gifts of reading from the Quran and recitation of prayers. He ordered them not to write anything on his grave except, This is the grave of the stranger, Khalid. After the night prayer he entered his house, called his family, and advised them, I am going to pass away on Friday. They stayed with him all night. He arose before dawn, made ablution, and prayed for a while. Then he entered his room and said, No one may enter my room except those I order to do so. He lay on his right side, facing the Qibla, and said, I have been struck by the plague. I am carrying all the plague which has descended on Damascus. He raised his hands and prayed, Whoever the plague touches, let it strike me instead and spare everyone in Damascus. Thursday came and all his caliphs entered. Ismail Asherwani asked him, How are you feeling? He said, God has answered my prayer. I will take all the plague from the people of Damascus and I alone will die on Friday. They offered him water, but he refused and said, I left the world behind to meet my Lord. I have accepted to carry the plague and relieve those in Damascus who are infected. I will pass away on Friday. He opened his eyes and said, Allahu, Allahu, Allahu Haq, the oath of initiation into the Naqshbandi order. He read verses 27 to 30 from Surah Fajr. O soul in complete rest and satisfaction, come back to thy Lord, well pleased and well pleasing. Enter thou among my devotees, enter thou my heavens. Then he gave his soul to his Lord, as he had predicted, on the 13th of dhul 1242 Hijra, 1827, current era. They carried him to his school and they washed him with water full of light. They shrouded him while all of them recited zikr, especially Sheikh Ismail Asherwani, Sheikh Muhammad and Sheikh Amin. They recited the Quran around him and in the morning they carried him to the masjid in Yulbakha. Sheikh Ismail Asherwani asked Sheikh Amin Abidin to pray the funeral prayer for him. 
The mosque was unable to accommodate all the people who attended. It is said that more than 300,000 people prayed behind him. Sheikh Ismail promised those who could not pray in the mosque that he would pray the funeral prayer a second time at the grave. Those who washed him took him down into the grave. The next day, Saturday, it was as if a miracle had happened in Damascus. The plague immediately stopped and there were no further deaths. Maulana Khalid passed his secret to his successor, Sheikh Ismail Ashirwani.